Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Can You Put Me On Guest List. I hope everybody's well. I hope everybody's safe. Today's episode is a little bit of a different one because obviously with lockdown and everything that's happening, I can't actually go and chat to any of my guests face to face. So some of you will already know that I decided to take the podcast to Instagram live and I've been chatting to some of my guests over there. So this episode is actually from my interview last night that I did on Instagram live with a vision. So apologies for the quality of the sound but it was a really really fun and interesting chat and I couldn't just leave it on Instagram live so I've got it up here for you guys on the podcast as well. Fortunate to grow up around the rich club culture of New York City and influenced by the sounds around him, Avision now finds himself helping to usher in a new wave of techno for the New York scene. Over the last couple of years, he's had releases on a range of influential labels like Elum, Drumcode, Hardgroove, Machine, We Are The Brave, Mindshake, Intech, On Edge Society and many, many more. Avision started young on the turntables at the age of 12 and his preference for a more mature sound led him to his first residency by the time he was 15. I think it's always best to start off with a strong label and you know that's where the networking comes into play is like if you're a young producer and you want to get your music heard go see the DJs that you want to be associated with you're just as good as your peers so mm-hmm. who you hang out with is who you want to become and, and who you really want to emulate. In this chat, we talk about what he's been up to during lockdown, tips for producers to get their music heard and how to spend this time at home wisely, his beginnings, the importance of staying humble and, of course, his love for pizza. I hope you guys enjoy this chat and a reminder that if you do want to watch the Instagram live, it is now up on my Instagram TV. So head over there if you want to go and check it out. My Instagram account is Katie Hey Knight. And I'll see you next week. Enjoy. This is a vision on Can You Put Me on Guest List. Hey, hey. Hey, how <laughs> What's are What's going you? on? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm trapped in my studio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trapped at my home. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, there's worse places to be trapped, right? That is so true. That's really true. How are you finding lockdown? How How's it going for you? It's going um, as well as it can go. Um, just been working on a lot of music. The live streams, of course, have been like piling in. So I'm trying to play different music and, you know, like just trying to stay as creative as pro- possible during this time. It's it's hard, but it, it's been going well. Yeah. Yeah, you? I can imagine. Yeah, good. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure just like everyone, there's good days and then there's bad, um, well, worse days, you know. Um, but yeah, we're okay over in Ibiza. It's really funny right now because like obviously right now is the time that everybody's starting to prepare for the season yeah. and everything starts opening up. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's really strange just to like not be doing that at the moment and just being at home. Of but course. But just like everyone else, just trying to like be as positive as possible and optimistic as possible and just like you, just trying to be creative. So yeah, no, we're good. We're good. Just like, just waiting to see what's I know, what's it's a waiting happen, game. It, you know, the whole the thing year. is just, yeah, it's just a waiting game. It sucks, but we'll it get through is. it. You, yeah, we will. We definitely will. And as like... I'm sure everybody's seen there's going to be so many like positive things that we're going to be able to get out of this situation oh, as well. You know, course. it's not, it's not all bad. 
it's gonna be it's gonna be different i think for a little bit i think it's gonna come back more to like club life than like festivals and all that which will be good for like cities like new york and stuff like that i I think it needs to come back to that a little bit so i'm looking forward to it once it all opens up again yeah i mean isn't everyone what that first dance is going to be like it's going to be crazy oh it's going to be nuts (laughs) it's going to be crazy (laughs) what's your what's your like kind of routine during during lockdown you kind of doing the same thing every day or is every day kind of different for you yeah it's i i try to do the same thing i mean i wake up i'll drink some coffee um make some breakfast and then I'll head down to the studio and just try to do, you know, as much as I can. I'm kind of like every day I've been going about it differently. So like I'll work on like an edit yeah. uh, for like a few days and then I'll work on an original. And I've been telling myself like, all right, so today you'll work on an edit, you'll finish it. And then tomorrow I'll work on an original or try to just stay as creative as possible during like different ways. Yeah. I just saw Paco Asuna here saying, cook some pizza. Uh, I've been doing that a lot. Crazy pizzas, right? (laughs) Yes, I've been cooking a lot of pizza. (laughs) Where's Paco? I didn't see him. He just popped up saying, cook some pizza. And that was actually, it was going to be one of my questions anyway, because I heard you've been doing some really crazy pizzas. Is this just something you always do, or has this just been since like lockdown that you started learning? No. So since I was, I was 17 working at like an Italian deli or market. And I learned how to make pizza there and I started getting into it. Like I, like Tuesdays, the guy who would make pizza normally was out of work. So he wouldn't work on Tuesdays and I would learn how to make pizza. So I started making it and then I started getting like really into it. I started buying like different pizza ovens. My girlfriend's mom bought me like a few ovens. I bought like a few and then I got it down with like my new oven. I do like traditional Neapolitan style pizza and like, I just go, and I love doing it. It's like my favorite hobby. Do you always do like that type of pizza or have you tried other things? No, I, I always try to be creative too. I, I, I find it like a creative process as well. So like I'll do uh, one of my favorite pies is like hot supersada with uh, chili honey. I make like my own chili honey and then I'll put um, oh, pecorino, awesome. mozzarella. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I do a bunch of different stuff. Whenever I feel like really doing it i'll go to the store and i'll try different things nice and then i'll get different opinions from everyone else on what they like too and i'll try and do that i've just seen a comment on here and i'm seeing everybody's answering pineapple on pizza no no no, never 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 (laughs) never pineapple what's your favorite pizza toppings Hmm. i so when i was in sicily i tried mortadella with pistachio and that was like top really oh my god it was killer um, but when I'm at home, I like the hot supersada with, uh, honey. It's really nice. good. That it's a sounds... different pie. Yeah. It's nice. I made them, uh, well, actually I didn't. My boyfriend made pan pizza, um, the other day. We made that from scratch and it was really nice. good. Yeah. Pan pizza is good because it gets nice and crispy on the bottom. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It was really, really nice. It was really yeah. good. So I'll we... make like the square pies in the pan, uh, like a Sicilian style where it's like a square pie. And uh, the trick for me is I put a lot of olive oil on the bottom so it crisps up nicely. You're making me hungry. I just seen Sophia say, <laughs> you're making me hungry. It's making me hungry as well. <laughs> are you good at, like, I feel like a lot of, of a lot of DJs and producers are really good in the kitchen. Do you think it's something I, that just kind of works together? I do, for sure. I think music and food always go hand in hand. Um, 
think of it when you get married the two things that you need is like good food and a good dj or good music you know yeah so it's like i i feel like those two things always go well um and i think it's it's a, <laughs> creative a really process. good way to look at it i've never thought that before. yeah yeah it's a creative process too so it's it's like another side of creativity that you don't get to hone in on all the yeah. time you know so um i just wanted to say a big thank you just like before we of we really course. get into chat being on what is normally my, my podcast but obviously uh -huh. due to what's happening i've now i've now <laughs> put it on onto instagram yes. um which Smart is course, <laughs> yeah yeah it's just trying to like you know find different different ways to, to create content um so normally i kind of just start a little bit from the beginning with most cool. of my guests so um it would be great to know how you started out in music like what was your beginnings for you so my family is very into music i started at like three or four years old i started playing drums and my dad's a musician so i mean from the literally like literally the time i was born the the times i remember is like learning how to dr like play drums and and learning how to play music um and then i would say around like 12 13 i would watch my dad in the studio a lot because i was either bothering him to play a video game or i was asking him to come outside with me and and throw uh, a baseball around so um i started getting into it and he was always like sequencing for his wedding band so he was always making like instrumental tracks and then i started engaging once i started djing so like 12 13 years old I was getting my feet wet with DJing and, and house music at the time was really big, like in New York. So I was right, right around like 2000 and like 12, no, 2000. And, I'm sorry, like 2006, 2005, that, that era of music was really starting to get big with house music. And, um, I started listening to what my dad was making and I was like, you know what, dad, I want to make like my own remixes. So we would start with like some of my favorite, tracks at the time and just try to make remixes out of them and then it started going from like uh, instead of playing like playstation i was working on music and then i just started getting more into it and then by the time i was like 15 um i was a part of this group called xf which was just like a dance crew and promoting crew for teen nights they were a big teen night club crew and uh one of my best friends still his name is uh kerry he got me into uh, my first teen night club residency. And that's what started pretty much everything for me. Um, I, I fell in love with club life and I started going out a lot and it just started everything at that time. And I was playing my, like my own originals then too. It was funny. Wow. It was a good time. Yeah. So you, so your first gigs, you were, you were super young when you're the first time you played. A club. Yeah. 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 I was playing nightclubs at like 15, 16 years old, but the kids were that age too. So the oldest you could be at that time was like 18 to get into the club. Mm -hmm. So it was like 14 to 18. It was teen nights and they were huge over here. It was like the biggest, you know, like we would pack out 2000, 3000 kids. It was insane. Really? Is that still yeah, a thing? No, unfortunately there's not a lot of clubs out here anymore. Like I live in New Jersey right now and that's where I started playing. Um, and there's there's no clubs for like kids to go to. It's a shame because it really started the next generation for us. Like uh, one of my close friends is a is a big DJ. His uh, his name is DJ Four B, and you know we started together playing clubs, and we never thought like where it would go to. We were just having fun, and yeah. it was just all about like the experience and having fun and just doing what you love to do. And that's what you know 
starts going into the business direction and, and really trying to make it a, a career, mm-hmm. you know, but like, that's the only thing I knew my whole life. So that's basically all you've, all you've done. You've yeah. Just yeah. yeah. Music. Like, that's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I played baseball and I've done different things, but like <clears throat> the real business side of things and the real creative side of things is, is music for me. Like that's all I know, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's all in or all out for me. <laughs> So what happened when that night stopped? Sorry, what was it called? Did you say FMX? It was, uh, it was Club Abyss Tea Nights. Okay, Tea Nights. Club. Yeah, but XF was like the promoter. X- so like they were in charge of bringing in the DJs, bringing in the kids and, and everything like that. So it was cool. So what was the next step for you? So the owner of Club Abyss um, also owned a club across the street called uh, Deco Lounge. And that was the 18 plus club. And um, that was the goal for me. So, like, from when I was 16, it was the goal was to go play at the 18-plus club, the 21-plus club. <laughs> Going to get to the 18-plus Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. That, that was the goal. Like, before I was able to even play in a nightclub, I wanted to play in a nightclub where Amazing. I could play for adults. Um, and that was the main goal there, was just to get to that next club. And then, at the time, Posh in New York City was huge. So, that was, like, the main mega club in New York. Yeah, And uh, that was the goal after that. So it was like, play at Deco and play at Pasha. And slowly it started happening. My my friend Kerry was talking to promoters in New York. And he was like my manager at the time too. Uh-huh. So like that was, that was his goal, was to just get me into that next step. And um, it worked. And then wow. having, um, you know, my cousin Victor, which was has been like a huge influence for me, Mm-hmm. I was able to go into clubs at a very young age. I was getting snuck into like Pasha and, and New York nightclubs at 17, 18 years old. And that's what separated me from like the adults. Like I, that's what separate me, separate me, uh, separated me from the kids. I would say like I became an adult at a young age to learn yeah. everything. And that's what like taught me how to play in big nightclubs and, and how to really control a crowd and, and to play longer than two hours or three hours, you know, I was there from like 2 a.m. to 6, 7 a.m. And, and my parents knew I was safe. It was funny. It was, it was like they, <laughs> they let me do all that. It was crazy. Yeah, but, I was going to say to you, were they always really supportive of you doing that at really, really yeah, young age? That's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm very blessed. Uh, they've been supporting me since the start. My girlfriend supports me. My friends support me. You amazing. need that. You know, you need that push because if you don't have that, it's, it's, it's really hard time you know and i feel for anyone that's trying to like try to make a career in music that doesn't get that support i feel for them because you really need that backbone because it's hard enough on yourself yeah of course you know it's 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 hard enough like i i'm extremely hard on myself at times and I'll, i'll go through my moments you know especially like before i started touring i was going through like some really like not low points in my life, but just like struggling points where I was frustrated yeah. because I'm working so hard on my talent and I'm working so hard on, on my, my craft and I want to be different and I want to excel as much as I can. And, you know, the only way to get through that is, is just patience and time and timing is, a, is everything at this, you know, in this business. And I feel like I'm a lot younger than a lot of my peers and that doesn't hold me back. I don't want to be held back because of my age. You know what I mean? I, How I, I old are you? Sorry. Like, I'm 26 right now. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't look at it as like, uh, that should stop me or anything like that. Like I get it. You have to put your time in, but yeah, I, I like to, you know, 
move yeah. fast and, and I'm a quick pace type of person. Yeah, but I think that's good as well because it just shows how passionate you are and that you just really want to reach your goals. I mean, if you did, if you yes. weren't hard on yourself sometimes, then it would just be like, well, are you really that passionate about what you're doing if you're not of hard course. on yourself? No, you, you, your heart needs to be in it. And, yeah. and it needs to be in it so much that you're willing to do whatever you need to do to get to that next step, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you find as well that because of, from such a young age you were being taken like to, um, to, to Pasha, New York and to all of these bigger clubs, you obviously met at a young age a lot of people, so you were networking yeah. from a very young age as well. Yes. How important do you think that has been um, in forming your career? Right place, right time. That's what it comes down to. Um, networking has been a huge um, thing for me. I mean, but you have to have the assets. Like, you, you can't go network and not have something that these guys don't want. Yeah. Like, for me, it was, like, the biggest turning point for me is when I started the Avision name, and I had a library of music ready to go because I knew I was ready at that point, mm -hmm. and I knew that this was the next step to get further. And, um, you know, going to link with guys like Ben Sims and Maceoplex and, and all that – it doesn't mean shit if you don't have music. Yeah. It, it means nothing. You're just another guy to them. Mm -hmm. But with your music, that's what separates yourself from the next guy that's trying to just go open for them. Yeah. You know? And and that's where, you know, things started to turn for me. And I started to realize how this business works. And, and then even further, you know, you start to learn everything at that point after. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was just seeing somebody here saying, and you, de and you delivered bombs. <laughs> Which you did. You you you've released on on huge labels, uh, Mind Shake, uh, Drum Code, Intech, and a lot more. Which I can't think <laughs> of my head. Um. So, one of my questions for you is: What kind of or what advice could you give um, producers that are maybe just starting out to get their music heard? Um. I think it's always best to start off with a strong label and you know that's where the networking comes into play is like if you're a young producer and you want to get your music heard go see the djs that you want to be associated with you're just as good as your peers so mm -hmm. who you hang out with is who you want to become and and who you really want to emulate um but you know if you're a young guy and you're trying to get your music heard i think the best way to do that is networking and getting the emails and and really trying to push yourself forward um <laughs> Carlo, <laughs> no, but for real, like Carlo, Carlo was one of my first, you know, friends. I would say as a bigger DJ, you know, like I opened up for Carlo when I was like sixteen or seventeen years old, or seventeen. I was, and um, where was that? It was in Newark, New Jersey, in a shithole. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, like that was when Carlos first started to like really become Carlo Leo's. It, it was sick. His music at that time was at the top everyone was playing carlo yeah. um and everyone still plays carlo but anyway <laughs> um yeah he was one of the first guys and i remember like sending him all my shitty music and like he stuck with me you know he was one he of did. the first labels i opened up with with a vision and uh he uh he took me right in and he's he's a true friend i gotta say i talk to him almost every single day um Aww. but uh on edge society was one of the first labels i started a vision and 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 that's what i and mean by you, starting did you know carlo before this though? yes Sorry. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i knew okay. carlo before that yep 
Yeah. So, and I'm close with uh, his label manager, Kareem. So mm-hmm. it's important to know who's running these labels and, and to really find out, you know, how to get in tight. But, um, I mean, it helped that Kareem was from New York as well. And he knew a lot of my management and everything like that. But yeah. um, starting off strong is really important for someone who's just coming up. And I think it's important to see who's playing your music at that time and, and taking those promo reports really seriously to see who's playing your stuff, because that's what's going to get you to the next step and, and to the next guy as well you know yeah definitely when did you decide to start using the name of vision it was about four years ago um Mm -hmm. when i first started it and it was simply because i just felt like my music was just changing and i couldn't do it under my real name because label wise i didn't want my music to be associated with what i already released on so like Mm -hmm. um there's some terrible releases on my real name but um <laughs> oh i'm sure they're not terrible <laughs> they're, uh, listen they're, ter- they're not terrible but like for me it was just it's fun to look back because i don't consider it terrible but it's, it was a growing stage and that was like the early times of my life and those records actually like hold value to me where like i could pinpoint them in a certain time in my life yeah so it, it was cool but um i wanted a vision to be taken seriously musically and that's what made me change my name to that when i um four years ago and i started off strong i started off with like victor's label waveform Mm -hmm. which at the time was fairly big and then to labels like on society and it just kept going and Mm -hmm. and i just knew how to work with labels at that time too so it was a lot easier for me to get to certain labels too yeah i um i read recently in an interview um you talking about the um carl cox playing your music and the yeah. first time you <laughs> met him and that you it was the first time you've probably been starstruck before yeah no it was it was like for me i'm a huge yankee fan i wear the hat everywhere i go but um to me it was like equivalent to like meeting Derek jeter who was like the biggest yankee baseball player in my generation and like <sighs> just seeing that he was a normal guy and just so respectable and, and just yeah. like arms open was just so much better. And, and it was just so real, you know, it was crazy. But now yeah. like we talk here and there through email, he's been playing a lot of my music and uh, I'm looking forward to just growing that relationship for sure. He, he's an yeah. amazing person. I know when, actually when I read that it made me laugh because um I remember interviewing him last year actually and I was really nervous yeah. like so nervous and I was like oh my god Katie just like remember all your questions get it right get yeah. it right and when I read it it made me laugh because I was like it's probably one of the first times I felt quite starstruck as well yeah no he's such a big like DJ it's insane like yeah. everyone knows who Carl Cox is my parents know who Carl Cox is you yeah. know what I mean like it's it's just different it's a different uh type of dj but um yeah. he is super warm and comforting like i i remember um after i opened up for him he played um at brooklyn mirage last summer or two summers ago and i went to go see no last summer and i went to go see him that was like my follow-up time seeing him um and we spoke for like 45 minutes on stage like just he didn't give a shit what else was going around people were bothering yeah. him he didn't care he just wanted to talk and then um that summer i saw him again in spain and we were talking again for another like hour and he's just super cool you know super laid back and 
he's down for whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. Doesn't it make such a difference though? Like sometimes you think these people are probably going to be so different and you meet them and you're yeah. like, and you admire them even more after that. Like yeah, I've exactly. always liked him anyway, but yeah. after that I was like, God, you're even just so nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it makes you feel like you should never be a dick. Like that's what it's, you know what I mean? Like no matter how big you are, you should never be a dick because the biggest is very humble and respectable, you know? Yeah, and that's actually something that you, I've also seen in a lot of other interviews that you do, that is something that you always do say, like, especially if there's ever been an interview for, um, you know, asking about tips for up-and-coming DJs, mm -hmm. one thing that I've seen you write a lot is to always stay humble and, yeah. and be true to yourself, yeah. right? A hundred percent. I think you don't get too far with, you know, a crappy attitude. It's just, why? You, there's no yeah. point. You know what I mean? Like if someone's annoying or someone's like bothering you, then yeah, you know, but still like there's never a reason to just be a complete asshole no. unless someone really messes with you. But like th there's really never a reason, you know, like these people are paying money to come see me and, and, and just say, I loved your music. Why be an asshole? What's yeah. the point of that? You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. There's no point to that. Yeah, but I was so. always told that, and I was always told to never burn a bridge, and and to always keep your options open too. You know, and and those are the few things I've always carried with me. And my family's always said, you know, be respectable, be humble, and and you know, keep your head on straight, and and you'll go far. I totally agree with that. I think it's so 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 important and so true. You'll definitely get so far if you just stick to that. Yeah. Um. Another question that I had for you was if you, um, right now, obviously everybody's at home and, um, what advice would you give other producers on how to really use this time at home? Well, I'm sure you've I been think, asked this before, but yeah. I've been asked it a lot of times over the last no, week. It's, so I thought it was a good one to ask. I think just jumping out of your comfort zone, you know, um, I've been pulling out some vinyl that I haven't played and just maybe ripping a few, uh, vinyl tracks that I want to bring into my live sets, um, listening to different music, uh, and just trying to stay as creative as possible. I think just jumping out of your comfort zone is, is what's yeah. going to break the ice for a lot of guys. And you never know what you're going to come up with. You might come up with your next number one hit. And at this time, music still matters. People are still listening to music. And I think, especially in a time like this, everyone needs music. So we may not be able to party, but I think giving back to your fans and your followers and being able to at least make new music for when we can all come back to this um, is important. So I think jumping out of your comfort zone is, is the best way to do it. I've been taking keyboards down and just, thinking, you know, just different stuff, just getting out of my regular work uh, flow. And making pizza along the way. And of like Will, like shout out to Will. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> needs pizza. <laughs> and my boy Nero's here. Wow, cool. Yeah, What's we've up, had guys? some good, good, um, a good crew in here. Um, yeah. And you've been doing quite a few live streams as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's been fun. How have you? How do you? How you find doing them? Because I'm sure for a lot of artists, it probably feels quite strange from being in front of like thousands of people to all of a yeah. sudden just you. And everybody else online, but not physically there. So yeah. how, how have you found that? I've just been like trying to play how I would play in a club, appeasing everyone, but also like appeasing myself. I think that's the first step. You know what I mean? I yeah. like playing music that I love. So now's the time to play it, you know? And um, 
it's been going well. I don't mind it. I think it's starting to become a competition on who's got the best green screen behind them and all that. <laughs> but like, uh, I'm just trying to have fun with it. I'll probably change it up in my studio and go with a different angle soon. But um, I'm just having fun with it and, and just trying to play music that maybe won't be coming out within the next year, just doing yeah. different things. And um, just I've been going back in my library just to play different music because I don't want to keep playing the same music on and on. So, yeah, it's it's been fun, though. I don't mind it. I like I like connecting with my fans and I like, you know, seeing people from different areas uh, join yeah. and, and really engage. It's, it's fun. Like the last one we did with Mindshake was awesome because it was mainly yeah, like, it, was great. A, it was mainly like the Spanish crowd from uh, Spain. And it was awesome. There were so many people just involved from like even South America. It, it was it was just a good vibe, you know? Yeah. And, and it actually brought all of our like all the DJs. We have a group chat. Um, we have a group chat on Instagram and it just brought us all closer. Like it, it became just like the the COVID-19 DJ group, you know, yeah. it, was, it was cool. It was fun. Yeah, because it was nice as well, because that Mindshake stream, it was from, it was like all of the artists were from different places around the yeah. world. So that's yep. why it was like connecting, not just exactly. the DJs, but also the fans together in one, right? Exactly. Yep, exactly. It was nice. It was a good time. And talking of new music, you have a new release coming up on um, Knee Deep in Sound on May the 1st? Yes, that's, uh, I'm excited for that. It's my first like house release. It's my first like stamped house release. So mm. I'm excited for that. And uh, I made that track about, like, I want to say almost a year ago. And, like, when I made it, I knew it had something special to it. And I wanted to go to an outlet that, you know, can actually take advantage of it. So I'm excited for it, for sure. Coming up May 1st. Um, yes. A question from you over here I've just seen from Emma Chambers. What <laughs> would you do if you weren't a DJ? Uh, definitely making pizza, that's for sure. Um <laughs> I don't, I don't know exactly. You never know where life takes you, but I know I'm here for a reason when it comes yeah. to DJing. Um, but I love baseball, so I'd probably be involved somewhere with baseball, like either an analyst or like a writer or something. I, I really love the game, so like it's either pizza or baseball, one of the two. Pizza or baseball. <laughs> I love that. Um, and finally, so my podcast is called Can You Put Me On Guest List? That's the name of it. Um, nice. Would you have a guest list rule? Oh, that's tricky. <laughs> yeah, 100%. If you came to just take pictures and videos behind me, then you're not on the guest list. Yeah, <laughs> go, go on the dance floor. The one thing that cracks me up about you know, people that are in the DJ booth, they love to dance, right? Everyone's dancing in the DJ booth. But like, did you ever think that you dancing behind the DJ is sometimes a little bit uncomfortable for the DJ that needs his space? You know, like, 100%. like I feel like go dance on the dance floor if you want to go dance. It's like there's a yeah. huge dance floor, you know, but I yeah. get it. It's the DJ booth. Yeah, Nero it's like the tiniest no little space with like hundreds of people inside and then it's like yeah. a whole club where you could go and dance. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> certain DJs need certain things in the DJ booth, so I, I get it. But like, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I'd rather people out on the dance floor having fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, just before we end, I just wanted to share with, well, not with you, with everybody else, because <laughs> you wrote it and I really liked it. Um, I saw a comment actually it was in an interview that you did that said, smile, laugh, have fun and enjoy the ride. That's what life's all about. 
And I absolutely love this. And I think everybody should think that way. And I think it's brilliant. Yes. Well, my management is ripping me apart. Mr. Why can't I add 50 people to the list? <laughs> That's Jermaine. Can you add me? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what do you think is the most positive thing that you're going to get out of this situation, this whole lockdown? Um, I think right now it's like, it's like almost like a fair playing field right now. You know, yeah. every DJ is in the same position and that's, mm -hmm. that's rare. There's no, you know, for even up and coming producers and DJs, like everyone's on the same playing field. Now's the time to make music, get your demos out. Everyone's home. There's no excuse to not listen to demos, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, now's the time for anyone that's trying to, you know, step into the industry. Now's the time. I feel like for New York, especially like, I, I don't think we're going to be able to travel for a little bit. So for New York, it's, it's mainly like, I'm just focusing on when this is all over to just start taking advantage of what I have at home and, and what I have in the industry. Um, mm -hmm. You know, close friends who are promoters, those are the people that you're going to need to start, you know, doing your thing. Uh, for me, I'm going to just focus on being one of the first events that I, people can go to you know that's like and, and making sure my music is ready to go and, and everything like that yeah definitely hopefully it happens soon and we'll all all be dancing together yes, again i know i'm so bummed out because there were so many great things lined up for this summer but um i know it will all be back and we'll be having fun again yeah just think like when it actually does come how special and how amazing it's gonna be exactly it will be i think now more than ever like, I feel like something was going to happen regardless. Like, something needed to happen because I feel like the world was just in a weird place. It, it, it really totally. was. You know, like, everything was social media-based and and nothing held its own value. Like, there was no value behind a lot of things. And mm. I think now it's going to bring that back. Whereas, like, if you are talented and you have, you know, the ability to make yourself a singer, an artist, producer, whatever... I think now is a time where people are going to want to see that more than ever because any Joe Schmoke can go be a rapper at this yeah. day and age because if you have a million followers on Instagram and, and you smoke weed and, you know, you have a certain vibe, you can become a rapper overnight. You know, there, yeah. there's just certain – same with DJs. You know, DJs were a dime a dozen. And I think now it's going to come down to more of the craft and, and who's really about it, who's here to make this last for the long run, you know. And yeah. It's just – do you know Derek Jeter? He asked. <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy, Mike. So my boy, Mike, is actually, uh, he's an amazing photographer. He takes all my press shots. So shout out to Witness. Yeah, I like your press shots. They're good. Yeah, he's the man. He's the, he's the man for that. Wait, so if I smoke weed, I can become a rapper, bro? <laughs> oh, my God. That's my boy, Steve. It's terrible. You know, as... Friend support is everything, but sometimes it can really bite you in the ass, too. <laughs> sometimes when I'm doing these Instagram live videos, I'm like, don't look at the comments, don't look at oh, the comments. Oh, I know, Because otherwise I, know. I start laughing halfway through the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but just going back to what we were saying before about, like, you feel like this was, it kind of was needed. I feel yeah. exactly the same, um, especially with Ibiza. Like, obviously, yeah. nobody knows exactly what's going to happen, but... Even if it doesn't, I do think it's going to be such a good time for the island to actually have a breather. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's been nonstop it's, for years yeah. and years and years and years. And it's been it abused and it hasn't had no, like, 
breather whatsoever so I know. like for one year i think like it'll be it's nice a, and i also think break. it needed it yeah, yeah yeah it's a break and you know it's it sucks like financially economy wise it sucks yeah of course but um i i think you're right i think even for the island, it's important that it gets its breather because even to think like, even to to go to the island was, it's extremely expensive from New York. You know what I mean to to get put up in a villa. That's you know it, it's yeah. it's gonna it's it's kind of good for the people that want to go and and experience it now because I feel like things will be a little bit cheaper and more affordable for people mm-hmm. to go to. But last year I went for the first time and I gotta say it was like. I couldn't believe I was there. Like the fact that you lived there is just like, it's almost yeah. like, wow, that's amazing. Um, it is fun. Because it's, uh, I, I just, I, I felt like I was in a dream the whole time. I was like, I get off the plane and I see billboards of DJs and I'm like, yo, where the hell am I? This is insane. Like it was, it was a really good time though. Like I, I, like that was one thing I was really looking forward to this year was going back and just like getting to play out there and, and to experience yeah. it a little bit longer. But, um, you know, I know we'll be back and that Island isn't going anywhere for the parties or anything. So, well, when you come back, it's going to have, it'll be reset. It's going to be yeah, absolutely beautiful. Exactly. So by 2021, it's going to be so nice here. Yeah, exactly. I can't, I can't wait to be back. But, um, and, and even like I was thinking of, um, what was it Barcelona? I was thinking of because I was supposed to go there in June uh, with um, Sonar Festival and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it's 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 a bummer. But like you have to think positively, and you have to think like you know within the next year. Hopefully, like rather than playing, you know, someone else's stage, maybe it'll be my stage. You know, like yeah. that's the way you have to think. You know, and and 100%. You have to just keep pushing on and keep focusing. You know, that's what I've been doing is just staying focused and just focusing on the big dream and the goal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I tell you, you can, you can see that you're super, super positive and it's really, really great to, to see and hear. Um, oops. So a big thank, I'm just reading through these 2021, <laughs> four months in, don't throw, I'm not throwing the whole year away. I'm just saying that if we do have a bit of an Ibiza break, it's going to be really, really pretty the island after when we all come back because it just needs a bit of a breather that's what i was trying to say <laughs> i'm not throwing it away guys it's <laughs> causing problems tell steve to shut up <laughs> i'm gonna let you carry on with your day uh, i'm not thank sure you. what time it is over there it's like 2 p.m it's something? uh it's, yeah it's like 140 right now 140 yeah thank you so so much thank you. it's been so lovely to talk it's to been you a lot of fun thank you it's very much really great and thank you to everybody that's tuned in and yes we will thank see you guys soon. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.